Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. It has been 10 weeks, by the way. One thing I realized in Pennsylvania is that worship came in. And for the first time in 15 years, I was able to lift, lift both hands. So, shoulder surgery is a success. Although Susie wouldn't let me go whitewater rafting yet. I want to... I love traveling. I love preaching when I'm traveling here in the Spirit of the Lord for a church or a region. And a lot of times you guys have, get the morsel afterwards. Yeah. I mean, that's just part of the gifting. Um, this was an interesting trip for me. Um, I have gained more sons and daughters spiritually than, oh, Lord, Jesus, help me. They're coming out of the woodwork. You know, Scripture said Moses is dead. And he gave Joshua instruction on be courageous and go do what you're called to do. And, you know, Papa Jack is gone. And we as brothers are trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, and so the gathering was interesting for me because I'm trying to figure out how to um, be a spiritual father, how to interact with my my brothers. And, and if I made a mistake, I think I probably made a mistake at this trip. Is it, I forgot that I'm actually a prophet, and I got a word, and I didn't execute it in a timely manner. I've repented, and I have brothers. Don't worry. They all beat the snot out of me. So uh, I have been punished. But I did get a word um, the last day, and it's out of Genesis 38. And I want to kind of set some things here. I mean, today is Independence Day. But I want to tell you that the body of Christ, it better not look at independence but interdependence. Well, we're not going to make it. We've, we've already lost our nation, if you want to look at why we did independ- had Independence Day. Our nation is already, we're in trouble. The only hope for this nation is the interdependence of the body of Christ coming into the fullness of who they are to win this nation back. I'm not going to get into the political thing, although I don't really give a flip about it. We're, our nation's in trouble. And the church is the only answer. And when, when all hell breaks loose, praise is the key to your victory. I was proud of being the senior leader at Identity Church at the gathering when I looked up on my platform of the gathering and there was Kevin Mancuso that was faithful worship leader here for years. There was Stephanie. There was Anthony Andolino. There was Tristan. And I looked and realized, holy moly, the one guy that wasn't part of it is in New Mexico. So he, went, he, was, he, was, he was just there. And I realized 
that God had answered my request. When God told me to start this church, I had some deals. I make a deal. He's, he's, he, you know, I make deals with God. One of my deals was that I would never have, I would never be without worship leaders, worshipers. I did that because I personally feel like I do not uh, carry the gift of worship. The gift of praise and worship is really not. I mean, if you want to make Stephanie happy, start singing I Exalt Thee and hear me sing. That's Stephanie's go-to to just fire me up. But years ago, the Lord said to me that I was one of his best worshipers. And I'm like, really? Have you heard me sing? He said, no, you're one of my best because in the worst of times, you tell me how good I am. And he, he said to me, I'm one of his best. Because in the worst of times, in the worst of things breaking loose, you better know who God is and you need to tell him who he is. And praise is the key to it. And I looked up there and I realized that that whole platform of the gathering came out of our house. And it was the deal I made with God that I, that, that I would never be without worshipers. It was interesting that Brother Eddie was kind of in charge of the worshipers, and some of our worship team had come to Jesus meeting, and we're dealing with some of the relationships. Why? Because we're family, and we have no problem poking each other in the eye. We have no problem throwing rocks at each other because we're family. We love each other, but we will beat the living daylights out of each other. And am I correct? There was just a come to Jesus meeting in our worship area. And that night, worship was off the chain. It was off the chain. And I had been given a word that afternoon out of Genesis chapter 38. I want to talk to you about Genesis chapter 38 because it's a weird chapter. Because if you look at it chronologically, it should be chapter 33. It's just in the middle of the story of Joseph... God drops in Genesis 38, and the reason is Matthew chapter 1. The book of, of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abram. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. I want you to look at that. And Perez, the father of Herman. So in the middle of the lineage of Jesus Christ is a story about Judah, Tamar, and the twins that were born, born to Tamar. Judah, the word Judah, his name, um, he was the fourth son of Jacob by Leah. His name means praise. How many feel like you're getting your brains beat out sometimes? Well, if you learn to praise, you can win. You can mully grub, you can bellyache, or you can praise. It's your choice. But Judah is praise. He was the brother that intervened to save Joseph's life. Psalms 145, 1 through 4. In the Passion Translation, my heart explodes with praise to you. Now and forever, my heart bows in worship to you, my King and my God. 
Every day I will lift up my praise to your name with praises that will last throughout eternity. Your praises is last throughout eternity. Lord, you are great and worthy of the highest praise, for there is no end to the discovery of the greatness that surrounds you. Generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and declare more of your glory. Praise is very powerful. Judah, Judah as an individual, he was named praise. So you, you got to go back into the beginning of where's, how did praise get into our system? Psalms 89, 8 and 9. So awesome are you, O Yahweh, Lord God of angel armies. In the midst of praise, he's talking about angel armies. Listen, do you want the, the army of God to come and defend you? Praise. 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 I was studying this out and got in my truck yesterday. And the Lord says, would you like to win a little bit? Of, I said, yeah. And he goes, turn that country music off and get some praise on. You know, I, I, got, I was listening to country music. I lost my dog. I lost my truck. No. <laughs> so awesome are you, O Yahweh, Lord God of angels' armies. Where could we find anyone as glorious as you? Your faithfulness shines all around you. You rule over oceans and swelling seas. When their stormy waves rise, you speak and they lie still. Praise is going to be the key for the next season. If you want to have a victorious life with Jesus Christ, we're going to have to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something, less worship and more praise. Uh-oh, I know, offended some worshipers. It's time to praise. That went over well. I don't know what you mean by that, Charlie. Just get in a good battle and want to win, you'll figure out how to praise. I'm just going to kind of take this thing apart and, 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 and tell you, I don't care how you get there, but you will find your breakthrough and you will be the shining light. And, and I don't care what it took to get there, because when you start looking at how Judah messed up and how God intervened because in the lineage of Jesus Christ is some really nasty stuff. I mean, if you heard Rusty's message talk about the sons of, you know, Jacob's sons, oh my Lord Jesus. I mean, birth of this one and did that one and this concubine of this one. It was like, really? And Jesus was in that. Yeah. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for those who are called according to the purpose. Are you called? Okay. Genesis 38.1. It happened at the time that Judah went down to his brothers and turned aside as a certain Adolamite whose name was Hera. This is his friend. His name Hera. Is, is, I, I, I looked him up. I think he was a little bipolar. His friend Hera, his name means liberty or angry. Liberty or anger. Listen. People that are by, 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 by have a double standard talk about liberty, but then you've got this anger problem. 
The Bible says stay away from angry people. Because I'm going to tell you, when you get around angry people, you ain't going to have no praise. Stay away from him. There Judah saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shula. Her name means prosperity. If you're going to pick a wife, pick a rich one. She, he took her and went into her, and she conceived and bore a son and called his name Er, E-R. She conceived again and bore another son, and his name was Onan. Yet again she bore a son, and, and she named him Shelah. Judah was in Chesbid when she bore him. Now, era means watcher. Now, we're, we're, I'm taking this whole chapter about Judah, about praise. And, and I really believe that the Lord spoke to me and said, listen, there's too many watchers and not enough praisers. There's too many watchers and not enough praisers. So the name Aaron, he was a watcher. Now, are we going to say watchman on the wall? Now, that's a prophet. But let me tell you something. You're a really bad prophet if you haven't learned how to praise. You're just a mean prophet. You, you're like that guy who talks about liberty, but he's angry all the time. Which one are you? So then the second son, Onan, is powerful and intense. How many, how many you, you know, powerful and intense people, but they're unwilling to take responsibility for things? The third son, Sheila, is the name Petition. Do you realize you have a right to petition God for what he says is rightfully yours? When it doesn't come into place, you need to make a petition and go find why his promises are not there. Verse 6, and Judah took a wife for Er, his firstborn, say firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Er, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and he put him to death. I'm gonna, I, I, I set it up there. I'm going to say it here. God's going to whack a few people. This next season, we're going to see God get a little more serious about the principles of the kingdom. And some of the sloppy praise and worship people, some of the, we'll leave it there. Then Judah, verse 8, said to Onan, go into your brother's wife and perform the duty of a brother-in-law to her and raise up offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that his offspring would not be his so whenever he went into his brother's wife, he would waste his semen on the ground as so not to give offspring to his brother. Let me tell you something. The body of Christ, you know, this thing started with Cain and Abel. Am I my brother's keeper? The proper answer is yes. The wrong answer is, hey, no, heck with him. Onan had a responsibility to raise a child that would not be his, but it would be his brother. Why? Because his brother was firstborn. And Onan did not want to raise, have a child that was not going to be his. He would not take his rightful responsibility. In the body of Christ, we, we're having to do spiritual fathering because, because a lot of fathers haven't been fathers. 
We got a lot of spiritual orphans because somebody didn't take the fathering role, even if it was in, in, in a surrogate situation. But the body of Christ, the fathering anointing is, is, is coming out of the woodwork. Why? Because people are tired of being orphans. But if that fathering anointing is a replacement between God the Father, there's going to be some Onans die. The old season of fatherings, look like me, dress like me, act like me, be me, and let me control you is over with. Because everybody's an individual. Listen, I've got some, and they're probably listening, i got some crazy spiritual daughters. I didn't have daughters. I had sons. They're crazy. They are stretching me. And I'm having to ask God, how do I, how do I bring uh, love, protection, and how do I let them get beat up even? Because of whatever to learn. With my sons, I'm like, hey, here's, here's the family lifestyle. Going to be dumb, got to be tough. Boys, I can handle boys. But girls are weird. They're scary. But this whole conference that we would was, was about the, that we've made a boys club, and it's time to get the ladies in the right position. Ladies, you're going to have to, you're going to have to make some adjustments also because you're going to have to take real responsibility to some things. The princess anointing is over with. My wife's like, really? <laughs> what he, verse 10, and what he did was wicked in the sight of the Lord and God put him to death also. A lot of killing going on over this worship. When Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, remain a widow in your father's house till Shelah has grown up, for he feared that he would die like his brothers. So Tamar went and remained in her father's house. Genesis 12. In the course of time, say that. Let me tell you something. God's watch is not broke. He don't have one. He created time, and it's under his control. And I'm telling you, some of the things that we get frustrated with because we keep waiting and waiting and waiting is outside of time because God is waiting for us to look at the things of eternity. In the course of time, the wife of Judah, Shula's daughter, died. Then Judah was comforted. When Judah was comforted, he went to Timnah, to his sheep shears. See, Timnah, the name Timnah is portion, his lot, his portion. So he was doing his business. He was operating as a king. He and his friend Harap, back with that same angry guy again, the Adulite. When Tamar was told, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear the sheep, she took off her widow's garments and covered herself with a veil, wrapping up herself at the entrance of Enam. Now, the word Enam is two springs. I thought it was interesting that when you start taking names of things, two springs is the name of the city. Tamar's name means date palm. And when you see, two, you see an oasis, you got two springs, you see date palms. I'm like, okay, she's flourishing around two springs. She's found, she's found her watering hole. Hmm. She saw that 
Sheila was grown up and she would not given to him in marriage. When Judah saw her, he thought that she was a prostitute. Say prostitute. One of the, um, one of the ladies of the house in, in, in Pennsylvania came up with a prophetic word that God was breaking the spirit of prostitution. And I got to tell you, when she said it, it, it it's kind of like, hmm, does this fit the flow of what's going on in this conference? And I got to say, at first, I thought, that's a little abstract. But as the conference kept going and the motive, the, the, the motive operation kept going, I'm like, holy moly, that's it right there. She nailed it. Because the spirit of prostitution um, uh, is in play when you haven't been adopted. If you look at this text, the spirit of prostitution goes into play when you've been withheld what was rightfully yours. See, we're talking about praise. We're talking about worship. The spirit of prostitution comes in when you, when you allow your gift to be prostituted. Verse 15, when Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. He turned to her at the roadside and said, come, let me come in to you. And for, for he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. She said, what will you give me that you may come into me? He answered, I'll give you a young goat from the flock. And she said, if you give me a pledge until you send it. He said, what pledge shall I give you? She replied, your signet, your cord, and your staff that is in your hand. So he gave them to her and went into her, and she conceived by him. Listen, the spirit of prostitution um, has to be killed in the church. I've had my gift prostituted. I had a pastor use my gift, but it was like in the dark alley, only in the coffee shop. He wouldn't bring me and present me to the body in a proper manner. It, and it would, it would just drive the living daylights out of me because you're trying to walk in purity. You're trying to walk in holiness, but you've got leadership who, who really doesn't want to put you in your rightful place, who really is afraid of what God might do, and they prostitute you. She asked, he, he, he's, he negotiated a good deal, the goat, but he didn't have a goat with him, so she took a pledge. So she had sex on credit. But she took his signet ring, his cord, and his staff. Say identity theft. She broke into his bank account. She broke into his ability to seal documents. She broke into who he was. She, she owned this dude. I'm telling you, 
when, when the spirit of prostitution has put many leaders, many spiritual leaders into a place where you, where we've lost our identity because we have sold ourselves for the flesh. Now, he lost his wife. He wanted to be comforted. And that was his answer, prostitution. Mm-mm. There's a lot of smart prostitutes out there. She owned this dude. Did you, did you see the last part of 18? And she conceived by him. Verse 19, when she arose and went away and taking off her veil, she put on the garments of widowhood. So she, she, she prostituted herself to get what was already promised. How many times have I allowed myself to be prostituted because I knew I had a gift? I knew God called me to the nation. I knew God called me to the, to the, to, to the platform to, to travel. And so I was exercising my, my gift. I was exercising my talent. And listen, the problem is, is that it's about your identity. And because I was so concerned about operating my skill set, operating my gifting, I was willing to be prostituted so I could continue to operate in my gift. And so my identity, my identity got caught up in my gifting instead of God. So when God tells me to start this church, he says that you're not allowed to operate in the prophetic. Excuse me. Do you realize I didn't know who I was? The strongest gift I had, he shut it down. Because I would have prostituted my gift as a leader. Do you know how hard that was? And God kills the spirit of prostitution in your life. He's actually going after your false identity. It's not a sexual thing. It's an identity thing. And God's going to clean worship up. Praise and worship is about to take a, a new level of intimacy because it's a new level of purity. If we continue with the intimacy without the purity, we're going to abort the whole thing. He will abort it. He doesn't need an, he won't allow another Ishmael. Verse 20. When Judah sent the young goat to his friend, the, the Abdulamite, to take back the pledge from the woman's hand, he could not find her. Why? Because she was she only set the dude up. She, she, only, he only, she only set up praise to get what was rightfully hers. She wasn't a prostitute. She prostituted herself to get what she wanted. She went back. Verse 21, and he asked the men of the place, where is the cult prostitute who was, in, who was at Enon in the roadside? And they said, no cult prostitute has been here. So he returned to Judah and said, I have not found her. 
Also, the men of the place said no cult prostitute had been there. Judah replied, let her keep the things as her own, or we shall be laughed at. Isn't that just like the enemy? Hook you into sleeping with somebody you shouldn't. Okay, let's, let's change it because that sounded sexual. Hook you to be intimate in relationship. And that's not always sexual. To steal your identity. Then your identity is stolen. I mean, she owned, she owned, she, she could go. She had his credit card. She had everything. She could have gone and bought land when sealed it. They didn't have LifeLock back then. I got a, we, we got a, a, a thing in the mail where somebody was trying to mess with us. And doggone it, they had, they were only one digit off of my social security number. Somebody trying to rent a condominium and, and, and said they worked for me. And, and they were one digit off. I'm thinking, that's a little close. LifeLock, lock this thing down. Why? Someone's after my identity. Susie's like, no, they're after your cash. <laughs> and they can't have my cash. Life lock. Listen, Jesus Christ is your life lock. Your identity is in him. Your, 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 your life lock is in, in place. Let her keep the things as her own. Or we shall be laughed at. Let me tell you something. The devil laughs at you once he hooks you. It, 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 it here's, here's what's funny. When I see, I see leadership, we look like deer in the headlight. Oh, God's putting his finger on that. But we're such beautiful leaders, we don't want anyone to know. We don't want to be laughed at. Dude, we better start learning to repent at leaders, at the leadership level. You see, I sent this young goat, and you did not find her. Verse 24, about three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has been immoral. Moreover, moreover, she is pregnant by immorality. <laughs> There's a, a TV show, as <laughs> Days of Our Lives. This is it. As the world turns... <laughs> your daughter-in-law has been immoral moreover she is pregnant by immorality what you're intimate with will impregnate you and judah the great leader he is bring her out and let's burn the girl isn't it just like leadership to go and be prostituted Go with prostitutes and then judge them. Be careful what you judge. Some of your judgment may be hiding what you're intimate with. There was a season in my life where, you know, I was abused at seven. There was absolutely a demonic spirit that had, had, had tried to get me as a young man and as a teenager to, to go to the homosexuality side. 
because of the abuse. I had a strong father that, that was unacceptable, so I decided to hate all homosexuals. I, I didn't go that way. I went to abusive women and pornography. How stupid can you be? Oh, I'm not that. I'm, th you know, I'm this. I'm, I and so what you do is you shoot at the very thing you're afraid of. I'm this great man of God. I'm prophesying accuracy. I'm leading people to Jesus. And this gay couple comes into my store to buy lights. And I was very rude to them because of their lifestyle. <clears throat> my wife said to me, she says, I've been never been more ashamed of who you are watching you do that. And I got alone with God, and I'm like, why, why, why? He made me call them. I said, you know, I'm a Christian. And my wife called me on the carpet, and God spoke to me this morning, and I'm asking you, and I had both of them on the phone, I said, will you forgive me for my behavior yesterday? I may not agree with your lifestyle, but I do not have the right to be rude and unkind. And they, now they wanted to be my friend. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. We go on some uh, model home tour and they show up. Oh, we could buy a house beside each other. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, we can swim in a pool. Oh, heck no. <laughs> But God was, God was pulling something out of me. Because I'm telling you, some leadership that are ranting and raving against the homosexual are battling it. Those that are ranting and raving about addictions are battling it. Those that are ranting and raving of people's immorality are battling it. Why? Because their own identity has been stolen. They've been intimate with... Something that has taken their identity. Be, be careful what you judge. Because <laughs> when you judge those things, you are, you are an open door for the enemy to take you out. So they bring her out to Burner, verse 25. As she was being brought out, she sent word to her father-in-law, by the man to whom these belong, I am pregnant. Please identify those, those are, whose are these, the signet, the cord, and the staff. Here's, here, here's what leadership has got to learn to do. When Judah identified them and said, she is more righteous than I, because I did not give my son. Here's the key. And he did not know her again. That's a pretty good slap in the face. But the response is, I repent. She's more righteous than me. Some of us have had promises from God that we've been willing to kill for. Some of us have been killed 
waiting for the promise. But I'm telling you, God's about to breathe on both situations. And someone's going to say, that situation didn't look good. That situation wasn't good. But I repent. And the promises of God are going to start manifesting through praise. Verse 27, when the time of labor came, there were twins in her womb. When she was in labor, one put out a hand, and the midwife took and tied a scarlet thread in his hand, saying, this one came out first. But as he drew back his hand, behold, his brother came out. And she said, what a breach you have made for yourself. Therefore, she named him Perez. Afterward, his brother came out with a scarlet thread on his hand and named him Zareph. It's interesting that Perez means to break out. I'm going to tell you, the season that the body of Christ in, the prostitution that has taken place in worship, that in, in the praise and worship that has been prostituted, there's a purity coming. There's a purity coming that we're going to start seeing breakthrough. Break out. <laughs> so the twins that were born of the Zara means uh, the dawning, the shining, uh, the flashing of light. We keep talking about a major move of God, but I'm telling you, praise and worship is where it's going to start off. You're going to see more breakthrough in praise and worship. Why? Because the presence is coming. The intimacy is coming. Why? And it's not going to be a prostituted intimacy any longer. Breakthrough's coming. And we're going to start flashing and shining like light and become an attractant to the world. Breakout and flashing. I just looked up, saw a miracle. It's 11.55. There's a miracle. I was playing with my puppy yesterday. Susan came, Susan Meeker came up and whispered. She says, you know, the difference between cats and dogs. I said, what is it? She said, cats have staff, dogs have owners. I said, ain't that the truth? I was playing with my puppy. She's cute. It's just amazing. We finally found an animal that loves me. Don't laugh. Not all the animals in my house have loved me. We went for riding a truck and her life wasn't on the line, you know. 
But I'm just playing with this puppy. And she's a young puppy, what, six, seven months old. And I'm talking to the Lord about some of this. I'm talking about how, you know, I started off the conference giving a <clears throat> prophecy about the El Shaddai anointed, the multi-breasted one. That God's going to start nurturing the body of Christ. And I'm playing with a stupid puppy, rubbing her belly. And the Lord says, you know, if you were more like this puppy, you'd be a better pastor. I'm like, I know, she's cute, she's lovable, everybody likes her. That'd be a great pastor. He goes, no, she's got eight teats. A lot of nourishment. It's the nourishment. It's the multi-breasted one. The body of Christ is going to stop the prostitution. I believe God has already put an axe to that root. You're going to start seeing praise and worship be become more pure. Because if it doesn't come pure, the intimacy won't be here. And we will... I believe he's going to stop uh, pregnancies from immorality. We're going to start getting pregnant in worship, praise and worship, from the true anointing of the promises of God. Listen, she wanted what she was promised. It's not wrong to want what God's promised you, but how are we going to get it? And I believe that God is, is cleaning up leadership that won't walk into prostitution, who won't uh, compromise the gospel, who won't compromise the truth. And so, so as the intimacy of worship comes and where intimacy of praise comes, the body of Christ is going to get pregnant with a true promise of God. And we're going to see breakthrough. And we're going to become the flashing lights that we were called to. And I, I, I just, I, I feel it in my bones. I said it in a much stronger way because I was definitely functioning as a prophet in Pennsylvania. I'm pastoral, so I'm being nice. I'm your pastor, so I'm being nice, but I'm telling you, there's going to be some dead people. I heard the Lord say, this is what I want. This is what I will, will have. And if I need to drop a few, I will. So if you're in leadership or responsible for people, you might want to get in your prayer closet. Because manipulation, prostituting, controlling to get what you think is yours in an improper way, it's probably not going to work this next season. But I really believe God is going to start giving us some breakthrough and become the shining light that we're supposed to.
as I went over my own report card hearing some prophetic words in Pennsylvania about making sure that women had their rightful place. I'm not afraid of a strong woman. I want you to find your rightful places. I want you to operate in the gift of God that he's given you. I want you to take your leadership positions. I mean, my 10 weeks of out, I had as many women preaching as I did guys. I ain't afraid of a woman preacher. I'm not afraid to tell you no either. But I believe that the body of Christ is shifting. The bride's going to start shining again. Some of the spots and wrinkles are getting ironed out. Somebody got a word? You just shaking your head or you just... For some reason, I don't feel like I'm done, but I don't feel like... Come. That's a heavy word, Charlie. <laughs> and uh, you may be sitting there like me, like, how are we going to get through? And I think at the beginning you started, the key, the answer is praise. You know, mine, mine in this last season has been thankfulness for just the way things are. That's a sense of, that's a, that's a sense of praise that we're that we trust God in in our seasons of life whether they're good or bad we praise him what we're doing is we're saying I surrender and I trust you and uh, I heard your word this morning I'm like I want to get back to a place and uh, my my wall my Jericho has been fear fear of failure that's been my Jericho. But the key to the walls of Jericho coming down was praise. Mm. He marched. He had to march around that wall seven times for seven days. And they, they praised uh, this insurmountable uh, defense. And that's what I believe the enemy is, is brought up with many of us in the body of Christ, this just insurmountable wall. Am I ever 
going to get over the wall? Is it ever going to stop? Is it ever going to end? And I think, Charlie, you said it. It's, it's praise. It seems like that would be not the weapon of warfare, the weapon of choice. But I'm telling you, it's, a, it's the word of the Lord this morning. It's the weapon that God wants to use in this season of our life, is He wants us to praise. In spite of how we feel, in spite of what we're going through, in spite of the situations and circumstances that are going on around us, the, the nation may be burning, but God wants us to praise. I was just sitting back there and I was reminded of um, this morning, one of the things that we prayed for in the prayer room was that the Lord would drop a blanket, a cozy, snuggle blanket of love on the congregation this morning. And I just want to pray moving into this week and digesting what Pastor Charlie has shared with us. And the songs that were sung today, I think about uh, the signet ring of the Lord and how he has set his seal upon our hearts. This uh, Kwana love, this flaming hot love, he, um, he loves us so much. And I just pray that we would, during this week, have the proper perspective and look up like Stephanie was praying, that we would have dove's eyes this week and that we would see this immeasurable love that the Lord has for us. And out of that heart comes Perscuno from John 4.23, that the Father is looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth, and that we would do just like Ron said, that because we have dove's eyes, because we choose to look up at Him, that we would be able to go through anything. It doesn't matter if our eyes turn brown because of all the crap we have to walk through in our circumstances, that our eyes would be set on him no matter what. And so I just pray that the Lord would release to each and every person here uh, a new revelation of the depth of his love for us, that we would be engulfed, that we would be enveloped, in his love, and we would find our identity, and that we would have no more fear, no matter what we face, that our eyes would be on him. And that's all, just him. And he will take care of us. He will. That's his promise. Amen. You know, to collaborate, this is our leader our spiritual father. Do y'all women know who y'all are? Do you? I mean, it's not a trick question. He spoke that all y'all are Deborah's. Find your identity as Deborah and walk in it. That's what it's about. That's the only way to conquer anything is for your women to be the Deborah's so you can be on the same platform as the brothers because y'all got just as much authority. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to IdentityChurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages. 
read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.